Uh, obviously, we just talked markets for a little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about the BOJ. They've um, let interest rates rise for the first time in a long time, which is a bit of a seismic shift. Uh, we're talking about Elon Musk and Twitter and Tesla, which has all been, uh, I guess, pretty hot topic at the moment. Tesla share price really taking a bath. And we've got a bit of talk on precious metals, which have been really moving uh, quite well in the last sort of, I guess, few, few weeks and months. So. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another uh, FX or Trading Insights with FXT. Uh, you've got myself, Tim Muirhead, and Michael Berman, who's the CEO of FXT Trading. Uh, how are you, Michael? It's the, I yeah. should just say it's the 23rd of December, so a couple of days before Christmas, hence a bit more relaxed uh, attire. Yeah, in, in, <laughs> indeed. Surprised um, you're not already drinking your uh, your first beer for the day, Michael, or <laughs> Well, straight off to yeah yeah and i think this is going to be our last episode for the year if i'm not mistaken which i think this is episode 22 right so wow they go. suddenly like creep up after a few, a few more we might consider ourselves experts yeah <laughs> that's it <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess I'll kick it off with a bit of a market wrap. So, um, look, a, a little bit of a tumultuous month this month. We've, um, uh, we, we're basically coming into the, the last sort of couple of weeks, which uh, is traditionally the Christmas rally. And, and you look, if you look back over the last 60 years, you know, it's sort of a 70-odd percent of the time the, the market tends to rally. Uh, we certainly haven't seen it this time around the... Um, We've got some some economic data out this week, just showing that um, labour force is still quite strong. The cons and consumer confidence was actually uh, the strongest since April, and um, the, you know the market actually uh, it liked it at that. But uh, I guess what the um, what's been weighing down, you know, in the last sort of I guess twenty four hours is just the fact that uh, these interest rates are going to have to remain up at these levels. The chance of the Fed actually backing off or even pivoting. Uh, I guess, diminishing and, uh, you know, this is going to affect earnings. And uh, I think uh, another factor coming into the sort of last week of the year is just uh, the US, the um, tax year ends in December. So, you know, if you're down on a stock, you can sell it, take the tax loss. Uh, we definitely see that as a thing in stocks that are sort of ending in the, the lower, I guess, you know, 10% off the lows. That's certainly happening. And we're certainly seeing it in, you know, big name Tesla. I think that's probably one of the factors apart from Twitter. But uh, you know there was a there was a little bit of a green shirt that we might be forming a bit of a base here last night. Did it did it uh, say we go lower? It's still so choppy and it's quite. Uh, I mean the volumes are quite light, so we try not to read too much into into them. But uh, uh, it's certainly uh, pretty wild markets at the moment. Michael, what are you what are you seeing at the moment? Yeah, well I think um, in terms of the Christmas rally, we we don't seem to be. In that and things are definitely ending off on quite a weak footing. Uh, I, I'll I'll take you through um, the market stats from my navigator in a second, but I think also, you know, we saw I think it was last week when the, the Fed raised rates, and it it was almost as if this is what all the commentators were saying, and you could see it in the price action that the market didn't believe the Fed. Um, they the the Fed was saying. Um, higher for longer, that type of, uh, you know, let's call it, they were they were pretty hawkish. Everyone in the markets was saying that things are actually, the, the Fed will pivot 
and will throw in the towel and cut sooner than later because inflation numbers are starting to come down, um, even though they're still actually very high, way above um, the 2% inflation target. So I think this week has been, well, since we spoke last, I think there's been slowly, slowly a bit of a realization that actually the, the, the Fed or the central bankers around the world may be onto, you know, Maybe they need to be believed this time round. And I know we'll talk about the Bank of Japan, but I think what what I'd like to just um, say at the moment is I don't think we've ever seen, or we probably have seen, but not for a very, very long time, have we seen such a coordinated uh, uh, approach from the central banks in terms of the raising cycle. Normally, you have like one of the big countries on its own, let's say, cycle, but everyone now, because with the Bank of Japan thrown in the towel now, everyone is on a tightening kind of phase. Yes, while the, the Bank of Japan may not have raised the short term, um, but on the, the the short term curve, I know on, they're not just defending on the, on they're not defending the tenure. But uh, we can talk a bit more about that shortly. I'll just quickly do a quick market wrap the way I'm seeing things because um, I think it's a good time. We pretty much at the end of well, one more week's trading. So here's, here's the year to date. Uh, I'll start with the positives. Um, Orange juice has had a good run. Um, so year to date up here. Gas oil, this is diesel, um, also continued to have a good run. So basically, commodities I see here having a good run. Uh, uh, when This is the yen up almost 15%, but that means it's weakened nearly 15%. I'll just go look at the the, the downside for the year. Well, your crypto, <coughs> your cryptos have been the laggards there. I can see that the Nasdaq's down over 30% for the year. Um, S&P now approaching that 20%. Um, is trying to remember, what's the definition... In, in markets, is it 20% the definition of a bear market? I can't remember now. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, that's right, right, Michael, yeah. I think a 20% pullback is considered like a bear market. Um, yes, the yes, the price action, price journey through the year. Uh, I think what I wanted to highlight here is everything eventually is like trying to come is is pretty much been on the negative side. We had um, at one stage Brent running very hard in the beginning of the year, but Brent is barely, barely positive for the year. Who would have thought back in uh, March, it was it was up 60-odd percent, something ridiculous like that. Um, and we also seen here, this is the yen. Um, the, the yen has weakened 15% for the year, but at one stage, it was... It was, um, I think it was around 30%. It had weakened. But that was like a, a great trend trade if anyone had caught it. And um, which one is this one at the bottom? Yeah, this is this is Bitcoin. So, yeah, Bitcoin. Um, yeah, so you can see things through through time. Always great trading opportunities, the way I look at things, is um, don't, don't just look at the end of the the like the snapshot where the thing is for the year to date, look at where it's come from if you want want to be informed with your trading decisions. That's yeah. pretty much it there. No, that's right. Um, 
Yeah, now getting on to uh, just, yeah, so we just spoke about the yen. I mean, the yen's been amazing. It was like 115 around the start of the year. It got up to like 152 and now it's dropped off to, uh, I think you what you said, 14%. So right now, but uh, pretty amazing. And um, look, what the, the, I guess the Japanese have, um, you know, people talk about the lost decade. It's really like the lost three decades. You might remember when um, Jap- Japan real estate prices, I think the... Um, uh, the Japanese palace was yeah. worth more than all of California combined, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. It just went into this massive uh, bubble and, um, look, it, when it busted, it, you know, it took years, I mean, decades to wash out. Um, now, Japan have um, also had this demographics problem where, um, you know, there's, there's far more older people than there are younger people. And I think it was in 2014 when Kyle Bass was... Uh, he was shorting the yen and uh, uh, trying to bet against the JG or the JGB Beeswood uh, uh, rally. Oh, actually, I can't remember; it's been so long now. But he, yeah, he, yeah. he he came out with came out with the stat that there's more um, adult diapers sold than there are baby diapers, and wow. pointing just to the demographics of um, so many old people versus young people. And what this means is that uh, look, young people. They, um, they're, you know, they're earning money, they're having children, they're buying houses, they're buying furniture, they're, they're basically spending and it drives a lot of the, um, you know, I guess growth. Whereas an old person, you know, they don't really do a lot. They're content to, I guess, play Scrabble and drink tea. Well, I'm not sure what, yeah. what game they play in Japan, but look, they certainly don't spend anything near what the younger do. And um, this has been quite a deflationary force over, you know, the last sort of few decades. And and these demographic trends obviously play out, but um, Japan's just been doing everything to sort of stoke inflation. And you've probably heard people, or Kuroda, you know, he was basically, you know, printing money, doing whatever it takes. They just couldn't get inflation to spark. And it's only since, like, I guess, post-COVID, where the US just went all out, they suddenly... Um, cranked inflation we saw the yen then um tumble now the dollar we always talk about the yen it's like dollar yen so as the dollar yen goes up so the dollar's getting stronger the yen's getting weaker so as the dollar yen went from 100 to say 152 that's actually the yen weakening now japan are big importers of energy we saw oil you know sort of during this year hit over 120 dollars a barrel massive inflationary you know cost for them and again, it takes time for this inflation stuff to work through. But finally, we're seeing, you know, Japanese inflation over 2%. And I guess it was only a matter of time when, um, they, you know, their 10-year rates at, was at 2.25% that they were going to let it rise. So that the market started, I guess, sniffing that out when the, um, the dollar yen started falling. Obviously, yen's strengthening. And, yeah, we saw this week that they, they've allowed the 10-year ban to go to... Um, basically half a percent so it doesn't sound like much it's just a 0.25 percent rise but it's uh, look it is a bit of a seismic shift in the sense that um you know they're getting off this lower zero bound i think japanese savers now for the first time in it might be decades but certainly a long time we're actually being charged to keep money in their bank accounts that's no longer a case this is really good for the japanese banking center sector we've seen that rally strongly during this week um, I think um, one of the other, uh, I guess, issues that people need to be aware of is, is that um, 
a lot of, um, I guess, bonds around the world, are, are, we, we call it fungible in the sense that you can um, borrow, um, you know, a Japanese 10-year bond, do the currency swap, you know, for a, a period out and basically simulate getting like a, a US bond equivalent yield. Um, now, when the Japanese let their rate rise, immediately we saw the um, rates around the world rise. So, um, and uh, initially I thought this might be negative for... Uh, the gold and silver space, but uh, we've seen, we saw gold have one of the strongest rallies um, ever on the back of, you know, rates going up. Normally rates go up, you know, gold goes down because uh, the dollar strengthens, but uh, it's certainly a big change. Um, how it all plays out, I think there might be more um, rate rises in the future. Japan has this uncanny, or the BOJ has this uh, um uh, they normally like to surprise on Christmas Day, so watch, you know, for another shift. But we say um, things tend to, to you, you tend to get more than one move. We're likely to see more rises in the future. I think this is going to probably see uh, further um, uh, yen strengthening. That means you know dollar yen keeps going down. So um, it'll be interesting to watch this play out. Michael, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah well, uh, maybe there are more questions than um, let's say. Firm, firm conviction. So I'm just trying to think this this out. I know that Japan is, in terms of like um, debt, government debt to GDP has the highest in the world, something like 250%. Uh, and, you know, there was that famous book, in fact, here it is. Um, um, this, this time is different by Carmen Maynard and, and Reinhardt and, and Rogoff. This was a very famous book. And, you know, they speak about when GDP, government GDP gets beyond 100%. It's like, and this is going through centuries of, of data. Um, they say it's a tipping point towards, you know, going backwards, let's say, as an economy. And uh, and Japan has defied the odds with their 250% odd um, debt to GDP. So typically, um, governments who run deficits... Um, so they borrow they borrow a lot of money, so they have to issue a lot of debts to to kind of get receive the money to stimulate the economy with fiscal expenditure. And I'm just wondering, is it are they letting the the bond yield go up because they anticipate going forward that they're going to they're going to run some significant deficits and they'll need to attract be it foreign buyers or even domestic buyers of their bonds, because to buy a bond, a 10-year bond at, I don't know, at 0%, is, that makes no it makes no sense to me, especially in an inflationary world. So I guess what I'm what I'm thinking is is that to keep the lights on effectively, they, they're planning to spend a lot and they need to start making things a little bit more attractive to fund that expenditure. So I guess I'm saying it's pretty bearish for the Japanese um, economy. Uh, one other thing, you mentioned something about, so more questions than answers. I was surprised, and um, but, but it just shows you that I think eventually, eventually, um, inflation is always a monetary phenomenon. You put too much credit into the system, eventually it will manifest in inflation, which is a great story for our gold and silver discussion in a, in a few minutes. But but you mentioned something about the aging population in Japan, and they've been going backwards for decades now um, from a demographic point of view. I, I read yesterday 
very interestingly that there are some demographers that believe that China has peaked at, I think the number was 1.45 billion, not 100% sure it could be out by a few hundred million, which is a, a flippant way of talking about people's lives. But um, the, um, the, 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 the point being, if, if we haven't seen the top of the demographic um, growth in or population size in China, the, the, basically by 2030, we will top out at about 1.5 billion. And uh, I believe, you know, we're going to see a lot smaller. Um, we're going to see the, an aging population in China, which will actually be quite, an, um, quite impactful in terms of its future growth forecasts. So uh, I, the numbers I'm hearing and the, 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 the forecasts I'm reading is that there was this intersection coming around um, 2030 or even sooner, 2027, where China was believed that it would become the biggest economy in the world and taking over the US. That has completely um, deviated and it's, they're basically tracking like, like this um, without any convergence. So, you know, it's likely based on where things are sitting right now that, you know, China, that the US will hold the mantle as the number one economy in the world. And I know I'm, I'm off topic here, but um, it's it's just, um, it, it's worth mentioning. We've said it, we said it on the, the this podcast before. China's going through now what the world has gone through over the last couple of years, opening up an economy or a society into a um, a COVID-infected world is highly disruptive. We've all been through it, where work attendees can't make con, you know, they're they're absent because of illness. You've got schools that shut. You've got hospitals that overload, and basically the whole infrastructure takes a beating. And while we might have seen some interesting numbers on the inflation front it's in the US and around moderating somewhat going from 9% to 7% still very high we're going to see I think uh, I've said it here a few times but I think we're going to see some major supply shocks into the global economy and and you know it's going to have a severe impact on on the world economy we've got a global a global tightening cycle which is in sync and un, almost unheard of. So I, I, I'm I'm preparing for a cold winter, winter our winter in June. So I, I'm I'm slipping in a forecast here for for the equity markets. I think earnings are going to get battered next year, battered, and I think we're going to see unemployment rise because you can't. There's not much place else to go than when you had record lows than up. So. Um, I, I anticipate that, and I see inflation being particularly stubborn, and uh, and and it ain't going away anytime soon. Yeah, interesting. The um, I just guess I guess we can get on to um, uh, Elon Musk, Twitter, and Tesla because um, I mean, what you're saying, Michael, is that um, you know things are obviously tightening. We're seeing uh, rate hikes. You know, obviously it's. Uh, it's discretionary spending, and I guess one of the you know discretionary se sectors is buying a new automobile. And uh, yeah. I certainly know many people who have have Tesla orders who've just cancelled them. So, um, really? 
people said, you know, I think you put down a hundred dollar, a couple of hundred and fifty dollars in Australia, sometimes two hundred dollars, and uh, people were just letting them go. So the question then becomes: Is that you know, um, are they going to be able to still sell at the full rate of production? I mean, so far they've been able to sell everything they make. Uh, but they're still, you know, gearing up. Um, and obviously, you know, Tesla spot stock's been hit by that. Uh, also getting hit by just the fact that rates are going up and people can start putting their, their money into, um, you know, bank accounts now risk-free, um, you know, instead of putting it into the stock market, which was risky. And uh, certainly the whole Twitter um, Musk saga, I mean, Musk... Um, he, he got it was on the the cover of a magazine was it man of the year time was it times man of the yeah. year uh, as i think only 12 months ago and then we saw um as he's taken over twitter he's been upsetting people left and right uh he went on stage uh just recently with um oh i'm trying to think of the name of the comedian sorry i just had my mother's 80th party yesterday so i'm a bit sleep deprived but uh um he actually got booed on stage which i think was um you know yeah, right. We hadn't seen that before. So there's certainly some, I guess, you know, change in sentiment on just Musk himself, uh, probably not as popular as he once was. And just the price of this stock is in total free fall now. And as I said at the start of the meeting, we, um, we do get tax loss selling. And I think, look, um, one thing we've also looked at just is the correlation between crypto and Tesla. Now, you say what's, what's related there is a lot of the... Um, people buying crypto were also buying the Tesla stock because they tended to be younger and believe in the technology. And, and I think, you know, Bitcoin's been getting smashed end of the year. People need money. Look, there's just a, a lot of factors lining up. I mean, you can say this is only slight effects, but, you know, put them all together and uh, we're just seeing this uh, stock absolutely tumble. Now, getting to very oversold levels, I'm not going to call a rally uh, immediately, but I think when we do get a, a bit of a, uh, reversal uh which we all you know you always tend to do uh we're going to see a very sharp snap back so that's certainly something we're watching uh going forward but uh uh yeah just with musk on twitter he's um he said that the company was bleeding you know i think it was four billion dollars a year he's been having to sell off tesla stock uh that's another reason why tesla's probably been going down he actually came out just this morning and said no more tesla share sales for two years so that's a could be a t potential catalyst for a, a, a low here. So I want something to watch. Can anyone that. believe that guy? I mean, like he he has, when he says for two years, he said he wouldn't sell any more Tesla um, beforehand. And then his excuse was that, uh, well, he needed it to fund the Twitter deal. So he's always got a, a caveat. And in fact, I don't know if you saw, Tim, that he, he ran a poll, which he said... If you think I'm fit to run, basically, if I should stay or if I should go as running um, Twitter, and he said I will, I will honour the poll, whatever it comes out. Of. Anyway, I mean, I voted that he should go. Yeah, um, actually, I, I, yeah, I must say, I also did. And look, interesting. Look, oh, it almost felt to me like he wants a way out, in it. and uh, yeah, the way, yeah, it was, yeah. way it was sort of worded, and just the, I guess, the tone was like. I'm happy if you vote yes, you know. Um, yeah, co um, co correct. But, yes. I mean, straight away, there was a... Or, straight away, he said, well, we don't have somebody to replace me yet, but eventually. So, you know, if, it, it could be two, three years maybe before somebody replaces replaces him. But I just have to share, because I'm a visual guy, um, I'll just share my screen on the Tesla um, 
share price because you know when you just look at it you you kind of see the the whole story and how he became the richest man in the world because you know it comes COVID, when was COVID around here? So it sells off. I mean, he was on his he was on his way. He was already a multi-billionaire. And I think Tesla was was doing great there. And then everyone probably thought no one will ever drive again. They're all live at home and it and it tanked. But then it had the mother of all rallies. Unbelievable. It went like from there there all the way up here. But it's completely in free fall. And I know. Tim, what you're saying is 100% correct. When it bounces, it's going to be vicious. But at the moment, it's like catching a falling knife. Mm. And and ouch, I, I, I wouldn't like to be um, trying to catch this baby. Um, uh, at the risk of, I, I just, I saw one stock that came out. I don't know if I've got it on my list yet. Here it is. GameStop, which um, is just worth talking about because I think this was also symbolic of that craziness that took place during um, COVID lockdowns and all that. Do you recall the Reddit phase where it took this obscure company that no one knew anything about and it broke, it broke, uh, I mean, I don't know how many shorts would carry. In fact, there was a big hedge fund that I think got carried out. A billion dollar hedge fund was taken to the cleaners. So, you know, it got 20, now. 19 or just below 20 so the it's it's breaking off from the show all i'm really trying to say on, on uh, is that tesla was definitely one of the like uh, symbol stocks of of the mania that came with with the lockdowns and gamestop was up there as well and all of them have retreated tesla if i'm not mistaken you know it was down at one stage 11 percent last night it ended down just under nine I think they're down seventy five percent from the all time highs. That's I have it, yes. One, but it's just about a seventy percent, Michael. So, but yeah, okay. so, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's a pretty, a pretty deep drawdown. Um, well, but I have to. I, I wouldn't call the end of Tesla, but uh, I, I, I think this Twitter is going to be a serious, costly mistake for Mr. Musk. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the only thing I was going to say that to counter the the Twitter thing that look he's came come in. I think the the employee count was over seven thousand. He's cut that yeah. down to two thousand. All the naysayers were saying, you know, Twitter was going to just stop working and and broke. It certainly hasn't. He's been able to manage out a whole bunch of you know improvements, fixing bot problems, um, and you know improving the user experience. Certainly making the speed faster in overseas. Uh, and I think we'll, um, he's just, I think also yesterday or maybe a few days ago, I was just listening saying they've basically stemmed the, the bleed. They, they, they were finding all these problems. And one, one of the examples was that they were, Twitter was actually funding SMS calls externally. So uh, carriers in Europe were actually like um, generating these things to generate texts and, and basically scam Tesla out of $60 million a year, which have just shut that down, wow. <laughs> finding all sorts of crazy stuff. And, um, well, you that's, know, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I, I hats off to him on that. Yeah. Yeah. Least. Look, and look, no doubt. I mean, you know, um, obviously it's a monumental task and I think, you know, as you say, it's, it's certainly not easy. I know um, Lex Friedman actually put his hand up to say, look, he'll run it. Um, he'll take the job. And Musk uh, said, I'll only do it if you put your full net worth in. And by the way, it's been losing $4 billion a year. Do you still want the job? <laughs> Just put some skin in the game, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but look, uh, Twitter's 
for for us is such an important resource and yeah. the, and the reason why is you can like curate your experience by who you follow so like we follow some news organizations if they're just putting start putting out rubbish they get unfollowed immediately uh, even people like you know if people are just talking nonsense or whatever unfollowed and and you eventually if you keep like i guess working on you know your follower account and who, who to follow you end up with a, a very high quality stream of really good information you get uh, insights from experts in the oil field experts in precious metals experts in europe and you know uk politics we just wouldn't have access to you know I guess, 10 years ago when this didn't exist. So I really hope that uh, Twitter does survive. I mean, you know, look, I mean... Absolutely. Yeah, so I, love right. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I just think um, Musk, he, his tweets feel forced now. And I, I know what it's like being an entrepreneur. You almost feel like um, you have to generate the conversation. But Twitter is its own beast. It doesn't need him now that he's the owner um, trying to... Put, put his nose into everything it's just he's overreaching but anyway good good on him um he's a i, I love that we've got such a character in let's say in the world of business and you know these are important figures to to either love or hate it doesn't matter which side of the camp you're on but but he's an icon, iconoclast he's he's somebody from a different mold and he turns things on the head and what you just said to me is i think is typical of the man like He's cut through all the BS that's in there. He wants coders because he sees this as a like a technology play. So he doesn't want all this airy fairy stuff. He's basically saying it's more or less a free fall. Let's code the rules and let, let the system run. But um, yeah, fascinating. Oh, it is amazing. And I mean, look, one of the most funny things I see people saying. Twitter is going to fail. Twitter is going to die. Complaining about Twitter, but they're doing it on Twitter. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got had other organisations. I think was it CNN famously said, "We're quitting Twitter." And then Twitter yeah. was, "Oh, we're back." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, too you know, important. Way too important. And exactly, exactly. And uh, again, I think um, you know, look, Musk is obviously. Uh, there's certainly a lot of freedom of speech stuff coming out with all the, um, you know, the Twitter, I guess, releases. Just seeing the uh, the FBI and just their 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 influence on the previous election. And and look, I mean, you know, I don't want to point any fingers to say there's any wrongdoing, but it certainly looks like there was. I guess the outcome of the election could have been a lot different if there wasn't, um, you know, the the FBI saying this story is a Russian hoax when actually it was true. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. it's an amazing uh, it's an amazing um, amount of inf insight and just sort of knowing that uh, you know a lot of the. Um, Twitter employees were, I think, 98% all in one party. Could it have been different? It's certainly, it's just uh, incredible. But uh, anyway, we, well, I'm just, um, we're, we're just uh, hitting our target time. So uh, we're going to briefly talk about gold and silver and then we'll wrap it up for the year and uh, we can all go and uh, get ready for the uh, Christmas Day feast. Uh, um, so look, gold and silver. I mean, um, obviously, you know, I guess my medium to longer term view i'm quite positive on the space i just think um you know last year or the years before crypto was taking a lot of the money crypto got to you know three trillion dollars and that's certainly uh, well below a trillion now a lot of that money is starting to look for alternative investments and i think you know the, the gold and silver play is certainly um 
you know, attractive. And look, I guess, look, the big picture, and we obviously can't get into all of it, but like 1971, the US basically uh, went off the gold standard. We've been running this fiat experiment for, you know, 50 years. It's worked out fabulously for the US. Um, but look for the, you know, the, they've had the reserve currency, but they've basically been... Uh, I guess, uh, profligate in the way they've handled things. They've just been, you know, racking up debts and spending money. And, like, and, and you know, when MMT was first championed uh, by Stephanie Kelton, it's basically debts don't matter. I mean, we're getting to this sort of, I guess, madness in the cycle because every time they just print more money, nothing bad would happen. We'd never see inflation and, like, you know, We'll just uh, we'll yeah. just raise the taxes, sorry, raise taxes and raise interest rates to tame inflation when we see it. And but the reality was, as soon as inflation was was happening, it was apparent to pretty much everyone except the government and the Fed, they weren't prepared to raise rates. And then, then of course, we're left in this mess of now we've got high inflation and they're having to to, to do serious moves. And we're going to probably get a bit of a you know more more um, carnage in the stock markets and. We're getting to the point where you know the whole fiat experiment is um, is probably ending its days. Now, I should point out that, like you know, in the history of the world, we've had many times people come off the gold standard. They never go back on the gold standard by choice. It's always been forced, and we see it. We might even see it, you know, places like Japan. Uh, you know, they've got all this government debt. They they have to refine their their debt at higher rates now. Um, if you go and watch the amazing podcast, Grant Williams with um, Bill Fleckenstein, they've got this Endgame series. It's a fabulous series just talking about uh, all this debt and how it, what's going to happen. Um, certainly Japan's been massive on it. I've been a huge fan. They've certainly taught me a lot, getting some great uh, people in to talk. Um, but look, there's a real chance we get some debt jubilees, you know, in the next sort of the decade where debt just – there's too much debt. We realise it's unsustainable. The only way to clear it out is we, we, you know, we cancel it. So, I mean, the alternative is, you know, we let inflation run hot, you know, 5 to 7% type thing, um, you know, for the next 10 years, and we can halve the debt that way. But again, in inflation running at that rate, your money's going to be losing purchasing power. Uh, you look to put it in things that won't. Um, gold, silver, uh, other precious metals are certainly, um, you know, in that situation, they tend to maintain their purchasing power. And look, um, the way that the, I guess, the BRIC nations, that's, um, you know, China, India, uh, Brazil, even Africa, um, you probably put Putin in that crowd. They're trying to get off this uh, US dollar standard, trying to basically create a new system without the um, US dollar as the main game. Because, look, we've seen, you know, the, the US, when Putin invaded, they seized their FX reserves. So now countries are thinking, well, I don't really want to put my FX reserves into US bonds, so we'll keep it outside. So instead of that, you know, we hoard real stuff on and keep it in our own lands, you know, gold and oil and commodities and all this thing. So they're talking about making a new monetary system, a commodity-backed monetary system, which, you know, gold is probably certainly going to be a piece of it. And uh, I'll just throw in that, you know, this year we've seen record central bank buying. So, uh, you know, those central banks might tell you that, uh, you know, gold's it's, it's no big deal, but certainly it is to them. They certainly know gold is money. And that famous quote I'll leave you with uh, is uh, back is, uh, um, uh, the, the, uh, was that gold is money, everything else is credit. So, uh, um, you know. Well, uh, well, well, well said. I mean, Tim, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I agree with everything you said there. And I was just, while you were talking, I was just pulling all my classics. Uh, anyone who hasn't studied Austrian economics, I mean, von Mises is 
human action is is the his masterpiece. Um, you know, one of my favorites, um, man, economy, state, Mary Rothbard, and I was looking for his he his gold standard. Um, he writes a terrific book on wh why we should be back on the gold standard, and I mean, also a classic is this money bank and credit economic cycle so everything you said in agreement 100 percent you know for somebody who studied economics and austrian economics in particular that's my my flavor um which is i guess why i like crypto but i'll have to say one word on crypto just before i end but but um anyone who studied this would really need to have dug deep because it didn't make sense that this money printing machine could just continue forever without consequences. It just, there's no such thing as free money, just printing money with nothing substantial behind it and not having consequences. There's the, it's like the laws of physics. There's a, there's, there's, there's energy coming from one place has to go somewhere else. And it, it has to, it had to manifest in a form of inflation we did get asset inflation but it took a while for it to manifest elsewhere and we are seeing the cracks now so i'm on the same page uh, i think gold and silver i've you you know each week small very very small i've been nibbling um i don't care if it goes down goes up in the short term um because we could see not saying it's going to happen but we could see the continuation of this fiat uh, experiment and you know central banks pivoting and pumping at the press again and next time if the inflation consequences will be severe and 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 much worse than what we're currently experiencing and they're not great to be honest with you inflation is not great for the man in the street the have-nots and 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 it will be very destabilizing for society if the divide just continues to widen so um i would definitely be be nibbling in terms of crypto uh it's just this sam bankman freed story just continues and it's still dominating all the press i think everyone feels like a fool for falling for the story like how could, you know, when you, you play it back and repeat now, there's no one who wouldn't say that that guy is lying through his frigging teeth. Um, he is uh, a BS artist of, of humongous proportions. And now he deserves his just desserts. Um, you, you saw that Caroline Bohm and Wang um, basically pleaded guilty. So this is terrific because... I think they must have cut some interesting deals with the prosecutors, with FBI and so on. And we're going to, we're now going to see. Uh, there's all the 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 what's it like the dirty secrets come through. I'm sure there's screenshots and there's this is and that's of of all the the shenanigans that went on. This is a Ponzi fraud of note. And yeah, 
pretty uh, scary. It's an amazing story, isn't it? Yeah, and look, I think that, you know a lot of people will probably be happy to if it's just seeing behind bars. I just saw, saw this morning that he um, he's out on two hundred and fifty million dollars of uh, bail, which uh, I guess is a hefty sum. But when you, you he was worth over ten billion at one stage, I'm sure he squirrelled a bunch away. Yeah, but, but he said he but he said a hundred. He said he's only got a hundred thousand dollars to his name. Apparently, just um, the, according to the judge report. Um, because his folks' property that they put up only had $4 million of equity, only had $4 million. So an un, an undisclosed non-family member put the, the the balance up. So, wow, to put yourself in front, uh, whoever it is, is either an idiot or super wealthy and, and loves his family or, or loves his friend Sam Bankman-Fried. It's, uh, it boggles the mind. Yeah, look, I don't want to. I don't want to say that uh, a lot of the money that was stolen when uh, SBS went down in the in the post hacks, it, it just seemed all very convenient. But uh, look, I, this this story is going to keep going. I mean, look, yeah. I uh, I don't watch every blow by blow a case. It's, it's there's just too much going on. But uh, anyway, Michael, watch I'm, you'll watch we, the movie. <laughs> why don't we wrap it up there? For yeah. so thanks yeah, guys for watching. Um, please leave you. your uh, comments in. You know, any questions? Uh, what you like, what you want to, want to see more, and uh, we will get back to to doing it. We read all your comments, and uh, we'll certainly hope to see you in, uh, next year for the for the I guess another. The markets are, are pretty wild out there, so uh, yeah. yeah. Thank, thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. It's been a pleasure working with you and and discussing the markets. And yeah, we'll take a bit of a break, see how things unfold, and in the new year, come with a fresh lens. So looking forward to it, and yeah. Indeed, Michael. All right, good on you. Enjoy the rest of your your week. All right, bye-bye. Cheers, all.